Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search and study the Scriptures with us for the next few minutes as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. We've been pointing out that death in the Bible is likened to a long and dreamless sleep. From the moment a person dies until he awakes in the resurrection, that person will experience no consciousness of the passing of time. The very second a person closes his eyes in death, he will appear to be rising in the resurrection in the future, although, of course, that resurrection has not yet actually happened. And so, from the point of view of those who observe the dying person, many years may elapse between his death and his future resurrection. From the point of view of the person dying, however, it will seem as though no time has passed at all. The moment he closes his eyes in death, that very same second, as it will seem from his point of view, he will arise in the resurrection, which is yet destined to occur when Jesus comes back to establish his great kingdom of God on the earth. That's the simple scheme laid out from one end of the Bible to the other. When you die, you're really dead, but you can live again. The only way out of death, however, is via resurrection. As so many of our best scholars now tell us, the Bible promotes this idea. The whole man dies, but the whole man will live again in resurrection. You see, the Hebrews who wrote the Bible, those people trained in the Jewish faith, did not believe that there was an immortal spark or part of man, an immortal soul or spirit, which could go on living consciously apart from the body. That's a dangerous and poisonous idea injected into the faith, imported from the Greek world of philosophy into the faith in the early centuries of Christianity after the close of the canon in the Bible. And by the way, the word canon simply means those books which we consider to be authoritative and definitive, inspired documents authorized by God to document for us the truth which we must believe and teach for salvation. So after the canon was closed with the book of Revelation, there occurred a shift in thinking. And that shift in thinking, that so-called paradigm shift, involved a completely brand new idea about the nature of death, indeed about the nature of man. The great lie from the book of Genesis, that thou shalt not surely die, uttered by the devil, you remember, that great lie began to get confused with the truth of Scripture. And once again, man believed that he couldn't die, that he was bound to survive death. Now, this in turn led then to the idea that hell is now a reality somewhere under the ground. And by hell, I mean hell fire, punishment in hell fire. It led also to the idea that souls are now in heaven already with Christ and that they went there at the moment of death. That great shift in thinking has been documented by many scholars and deplored by many scholars. It makes Bible reading extremely confusing if you imagine that the dead are now either suffering punishment in hellfire or enjoying the bliss of a so-called heaven in a realm beyond the skies. No, Jesus said that when the Son of Man comes in glory, you'll find this in Matthew 16, verse 27, when he comes in glory, that is in the future to establish his kingdom, then he will reward every man according to his works. Then, at that time, when he comes in glory, 
Jesus has not yet come in glory, then he has not yet rewarded anyone for their works. No one is currently being punished in an eternal hellfire under the ground. No soul has gone to heaven as an immortal, consciously subsisting being in heaven without a body. That's a myth from the pagan world of Greek philosophy. And the sooner we drop that from our presuppositions, the more clearly we'll be able to read the Bible in sympathy with the mind of Jesus and in sympathy with the teachings of the apostles. We invite you then to check that verse in Matthew 16:27 carefully. When the Son of Man comes in glory, then he rewards everyone according to their works, at that time and not before. And so the idea that rewards and punishments are now being meted out is simply not true to the text of our New Testament documents. May I suggest that you check this in another way by going to the local library. Ask to see the Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible. Many public libraries have this document. If you will look in volume 1, page 803, you will find the following statement. And remember that these articles are written by biblical scholars who have spent a lifetime examining the evidence of the Bible. In volume 1, and on page 803 of the celebrated Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible, you will read this. No biblical text authorizes the statement that the soul is separated from the body at the moment of death. But isn't the separation of the soul from the body at death taught by nearly every church and at funeral services? It certainly would appear to be the case. What then has happened? Is it possible that a popular idea has gained ground, namely that souls disappear and exist consciously in heaven at the moment of death, but that that popular idea does not have any basis in Scripture? Let me challenge you again with that statement of our scholar in the Interpreter's Dictionary of the Bible, volume 1, page 803. No biblical text authorizes the statement that the soul is separated from the body at the moment of death. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that challenging? What a wonderful opportunity for you to do some good Berean work in the Bible. Remember the Bereans in Acts 17, verse 11. They searched the Scriptures daily to see if what they were hearing was true. So there's a challenge. On the one hand, the scholar says, no Bible text says that your soul goes to heaven when you die. On the other hand, you hear repeatedly at funeral services and often in sermons in general that so-and-so has gone to heaven as a disembodied soul or spirit. There's a marvelous opportunity there for doing some good detective work in your Bible. Study the nature of man. Study the nature of death and resurrection in the Bible. It's one of the most illuminating things you can treat yourself to. We have a booklet on what happens when you die, a biblical view of death and resurrection. Write to us or call us at the telephone number to be given at the end of this program. We'd be only too happy to send you a free copy of this booklet, What Happens When You Die?, in it we go through many biblical texts and we give you some idea of the history of this idea that souls depart immediately to heaven when they die, which is not a biblical doctrine at all, but one injected and imported into the faith in post-biblical times. Another leading Bible scholar in England, a gentleman from Cambridge, says this, It's an almost universally cherished belief that the immortality of the soul is a tenet of the Christian faith. 
But the fact is, it rests on an assumption which is fundamentally at variance with the biblical doctrine of man. End of quotation. That was from J.T. Robinson in his book, In the End God, page 91. That scholar is saying what many scholars would echo, that the idea that there's a part of man, an immortal soul dwelling in us, an immortal spark of life which goes on subsisting consciously at death, is not a Bible idea at all. It comes from the realm of Greek philosophy, pagan philosophy. Now, the same scholar says in that book, In the End God, heaven, in fact, is nowhere used in the Bible as the destination of the dying. End of quotation. Isn't that a striking and challenging remark? Heaven is not the place you go to, according to the Bible. There are many such quotations from the scholarly world. You see, we do not pay attention to the words of Jesus carefully. We are often influenced more or less by traditions taught to us as children. Seldom do we challenge what we hear from the pulpit. Seldom do we sit down and examine for ourselves these doctrines. But when a contrary point of view is brought to us, we are duty-bound to do what the Bereans did in Acts 17, verse 11, to study the Scriptures daily to see if what we're hearing is true. The famous International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, published by Erdmans, volume 2, page 812, has this interesting information about what the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, teaches on this question of what happens when we die. The article says this, I quote, We are influenced always more or less by the Greek Platonic idea that the soul is immortal. Now that's interesting. We're influenced by Plato, by a pagan philosopher, when we think of man as having an immortal soul. But should we be so influenced? Should we not discard our paganism when we become followers of Jesus? Is Jesus pleased with us if we hold in our heads a mixture of his teaching with the teaching of the pagan philosopher Plato? I would think not. Now, this article on death in the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia continues like this. I quote again, The idea of an immortal soul is utterly contrary to the Israelite consciousness and is nowhere found in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. The whole man dies, according to the Bible, when in death the spirit goes out of the man. Not only his body, but also his soul returns to a state of death, says this article. Therefore, the Old Testament can speak of the death of one's soul. Death, according to the Old Testament, is a place of darkness, cut off from the land of the living. Death is also a place where God is no longer praised or thanked. And this article gives two references in proof of that fact. Psalm 6, verse 5 and Psalm 115, verse 17. The article goes on like this, Death is where the dead are unconscious. They do no more work. They take no account of anything, possess no knowledge or wisdom. The dead are asleep. And the verses cited in support of that proposition are Job 26, verse 5, Proverbs 2, verse 18, Proverbs 9, verse 18, 21 verse 6, Psalm 88:11, and Isaiah 14 verse 9. 
Those texts are appended to this magnificent statement in the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, Volume 2, page 812, on our topic about what happens when we die. We invite you to check those references, also to request from us at the telephone number to be given at the end of the program, our booklet entitled, What Happens When We Die? A Biblical Study of Death and Resurrection. Now, some may be wondering about the passage in 2 Corinthians 5, where Paul speaks about being absent from the body and present with the Lord. If you will examine the context of that whole section of Scripture, beginning in the fourth chapter, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14 onwards, you'll see that the umbrella statement for Paul's discussion there in 2 Corinthians 5 is the question of the resurrection of the dead. And in 1 Corinthians 15, written about one year earlier than 2 Corinthians, Paul had already described how the Christians are going to be raised from the dead when Christ returns. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 23, and the whole of that chapter. And so in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul is simply discussing the fact that the moment a man dies, from his point of view, the next second of consciousness will find him in the resurrection at the second coming of Jesus. The well-known and distinguished British commentator F.F. F. Bruce says this about what Paul has to say in 2 Corinthians 5, absent from the body and present with the Lord. Paul here envisages, says F.F. F. Bruce, that there will be no interval of conscious nakedness between the moment of death and the moment of future resurrection. Join us again as we continue our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.